What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of reals always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Lippman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Hello, Amanda. How are you? I'm well, Juliette. I'm glad to see you. Oh, that's so nice. I'm happy to see you too. I'm also delighted. We got some just some curveballs on today's rundown that I'm looking forward to discussing. <laughs> you and I both began the television show on Netflix, Breakpoint, which is about tennis and tennis as a celebrity and athletic affair. So I'm excited to discuss that. Do they need money watch? We'll, we'll let you know who that is in a minute. <laughs> Nikki Fink got the posthumous profile treatment from the New York Times. So we will also discuss that. But first, the wonderful case of the Spanish jam and the Spanish soccer player. Shakira was married to Gerard Piquet and she released a new song. Were yes. they actually married? No, they're never you know, actually married. Legally? They're together. Okay. They're, it's, which is cool and European, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's cosmopolitan. Yes, she she's Colombian, yeah. Are you aware of Shakira's last name? No. Nor I. I thought about it for a second. Because but I, no. this is my second podcast discussing this incredible story. The first is Food News, David Jacoby. And I was telling the story, and I was like, Gerard PK and Shakira... Shakira, I was just like, I don't know what her well, last I mean, also name is. Shakira, Shakira from Hips yeah, Don't, you know, exactly. so exactly. It, her name is Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> exactly. But like even Madonna, I always knew her last name, you know, sure. like 
It's just so Shakira is one of our true one named icons. Like I'm looking at her her Wikipedia page now. I'm not going to tell you her her other names, but I don't think as many celebrities have pulled off the single name as well as she has. Bono is not Bono's real name, so like that doesn't even count. And I do know his last name, I think, but only because his daughter Eve Houston, Eve Hewitt, yeah. Houston is on. Oh, I was going to say Hewitt. So, but that's James Hewitt, who was the person that Diana had an affair with, allegedly. Anyway, okay. <laughs> what are you going to be a conspiracy theorist on that? No, I I believe it. The conspiracy theory is is James Hewitt, Harry's father, to which. Right. Many say no. Right. Many but, say yes. Yeah, you're you have the tinfoil hat on on that one. Anyway, that's the only reason I know uh, Bono's last name is because of Bad Sisters. Right. Great show. So Shakira and Jar PK were together for a long time. They have a few kids. She went on a trip. This is all information via her her new single. So this has not been confirmed in any way. But she claims in her new song with its accompanying video that she found out Gerard Piquet was cheating on her because when she returned home from a business trip, a lot of jam had been eaten. And both her children and Gerard Piquet are noted haters of this kind of jam. So it could not have been them. Amanda. Yes. Do you believe this story? No, (laughs) but it doesn't matter because I mean, the reason I don't believe it is just because even if Gerard Piquet and their sons are not eating the strawberry jam, I also, I, you know, Shakira looks beautiful and it doesn't, and you can achieve that a lot of different ways, but it doesn't really seem to me like she's the type of person who's eating a lot of jam anyway. So that's (laughs) issue number one. But number two She's the only person in the house eating the jam. How is the person that PK is having an affair with consuming that in a situation where she is consuming that much jam from their home? Additionally, there's literally no way that the only adults inside the home during Shakira's absence were Gerard PK and girlfriend Clara Chia Marti. And right. so other adults could potentially have had the jam. Like, there's just a lot of ways around this, Shakira. W- does she know that Clara Chia loves jam? Like, like, why? Why accuse her of this? Do you think there's, like... Do you think the jam's being used for something else? Is there, like, some sort of weird sexual level to this that we're not really picking up on because of our prudish American brains? I don't know. I, I don't okay. know. Like, is it, like, jelly? Like, like that lube? Case- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, because like the way I'm imagining, PK would still have to eat the jam. And obviously, we know he doesn't eat jam. So but like maybe the jam is a stand in for a different like viscous substance. Right. That was right, gone. Right, right. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it's just like it, also if it was just one business trip and the jam is gone. I mean, I, I it, a business trip could be on tour and yeah, so the like jam would be consumed over. Still, that's a lot of jam to eat in two weeks while you're also conducting an extramarital affair. You know what I'm saying? Yes. As a professional athlete where jam is pure sugar. Here's the thing. I love jam, and for several birthdays, I've been gifted Sarah Beth's Preserves, which my favorite flavor is strawberry peach. They're so good. Like, so, so, so good that I do eat them just, like, as a dessert. And I would say I could get through a jar in a few days. So, easily. Like, absolutely easily. So, I'm not ruling it out. So, like, instead of the peanut butter from a spoon, you're just eating jam from a spoon. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a common occurrence in my life still. When I have, like, a 
when I have preserves in the house all the time. It's it's one of my favorite foods. Love. And I love sugar. So what's not to love? I love sugar too. I just want to drill down on this a little more. How okay. many spoons of jam are you eating at a time? Like, could I or do I? I think I could have like half a cup of jam in one sitting. Okay. But I probably have like two spoonfuls. Okay. Do you eat it any other way? Like, are you applying sure. it to toast? Are you like, what's your, what's your average jam conception? Some, well, I don't keep it in the house anymore because I love it too much. So it's okay. just like, That's it's bad. just like a sugar IV. Yeah. Eh, it's fine. But there's many ways on pancakes, on toast. You know okay. what I like to do is, is into the peanut butter and jelly, but literally just peanut butter and jelly, no bread. No bread. So okay. Spoon into the peanut butter and then into the jelly. Yeah. I mean, Ask ask uh, some of my childhood friends. There was like many instances in my teens and before where like I had like jam in my hair and I didn't know because I just like loved it. I was like eating it at camp or something. <laughs> I mean, I like jam too. And it really just is like fruit and sugar. So, yeah. you know, no judgment. Once I had like a jam packet in my sweatshirt and I washed my sweatshirt. So then I had jam all over my, my oh, laundry. Tough, tough yeah. break, yeah. So, yeah, this is a concept that is not foreign to me. Like I could see the jam being eaten while Shakira's gone, but I just okay. don't think that Gerard PK or Clara Chia would be doing that since they like their bodies are, are their instruments. And it's really not recommended if you're an athlete or a model to have a <laughs> tremendous amount of sugar. You do yeah. also, I mean, even if she is consuming the jam, like at a fast rate, <laughs> it's like not a, I, it's he had to notice at some point and also be like, you know, maybe you shouldn't eat all of the jam. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't think you get through like or a whole it. bottle of jam. Right, exactly. I mean, this is a classic fill it with, you know, water or something else. I yeah. you know, I don't know. This it's it's a classic fill the liquor bottle with water. Liquor bottle with water situation. It doesn't make any sense, but it's one of our better celebrity tabloid stories in a while. Yeah. This is exactly what I hope for more of in 2023. No remember, one's getting hurt. And we're remember when Shakira got mugged by a, a wild hog? No, I don't remember you know, that. Yes, Google this right now. You know, yeah, this is an incredible story. She was mugged by like a wild pig or a hog. And there's video of it. She's wow. okay. But the, the hog took her purse. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't recall this, but you're right. And it's recent. I'm, right. And then... You know, and she's in trouble with the law, but like for tax evasion, which is, you know, the most like least dangerous version of being sure. in trouble with the law. So Shakira is really delivering. And I'm sorry about the jam, I guess. <laughs> My opinion of Shakira, I think, is forever altered by the Netflix film Halftime with Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Where, you know, Shakira was forced onto the stage with J-Lo and J-Lo, to her credit... Though the media tried to malign her, she actually was just upset that she didn't, she couldn't headline the show herself. But that does, that is like a data point that I'll never, never relinquish when it comes to Shakira. That she was also at the halftime show or that she stole Jennifer Lopez's thunder? That she stole Jennifer Lopez's thunder. Although they were really great together. Yeah. And they also, I don't know, maybe she feels that Jennifer Lopez stole her thunder. The Super Bowl halftime show is just really on a, on a roll. I'm like very excited about Rihanna. I, I assume too. many people are since she hasn't really performed in quite some time. Yeah. Also the quote, I won't leave my baby for just anything. So it had to be good. I really respect that. Good for Rihanna. Totally. While we're on this topic, can we talk about Beyonce in Dubai? Yes. I just read headlines and I saw some photos. $24 million. $24 million for one night at the Atlantis in Dubai. 
I'd love to know the annual marketing budget for the Atlantis in Dubai. <laughs> they flew so many influencers there. And then if Beyonce herself is getting a fee of $24 million, you got to assume the production budget is probably like another three or so. Yeah. And then Blue Ivy is on stage with her. Very cute. She seems like she's going to be a great performer herself. She already is. I assume Beyonce negotiated a fee for her daughter as a performer as well. Mm-hmm. So... And this one concert alone, like I think we're up to 30 million, plus then like all the people they had come out for this event. So pretty wild. I have a question. Do you think the offer starts at 24 million? Or where where is the offer starting and how much is Beyonce negotiating them up? I did, I was thinking about this while brushing my teeth last night. My guess is it begins at 15. But they offer 15 and she counters with like 40 and they end up at 24. Okay. That's my guess. Countering, countering with 40, Beyonce deserves to, but that's that's amazing, you know? I just... I mean, I don't know. I made that up. But, like, how do you end up at 24 is through a lot of negotiating. Okay. Great. Maybe she, started, maybe she counters with 30. I don't know. I, I don't either. Yeah, I think she's she counters pretty high. Do you think it's worth it? I kind of do. Yeah. I mean, here we are talking about Beyonce being at the Atlantis in Dubai. Yes. So, so they got it. Sure. Sorry, old person late pass. I've been really enjoying watching Cuff It viral dance videos, like just like catching up on them. <laughs> just like I know this has been happening for a while. What platform but, are you watching it on? You know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I've watched some YouTube shorts on my TV. <laughs> I can't believe you're saying that. <laughs> I'm fired at the YouTube app. That's absolutely why I asked. <laughs> Well, yes, that's how. It's been great. And it's just a really great song. So if Rihanna... Has it been reported how much Rihanna is getting for the Super Bowl? No. So if Beyonce is getting 24 for one night in Dubai, what do you think Rihanna is getting for 15 minutes in Arizona? But it's the Super Bowl. How much have they paid for Super Bowl past? You know? It's a great question. I don't really know. Like, I'm sure it's really high. But... Lady Gaga apparently got 10 million. Or sorry, her production costs were 10 million. So she probably got on top of that like another like four, five. According to the Google search that I just did while podcasting, <laughs> here we are, just bringing you guys in on the ground floor on a Monday. They don't get paid for the halftime show. The NFL covers expenses, but I'm reading this on a number of blogs, including Esquire.com and the pioneerwoman.com. She's still wow. blogging. So yeah. They cover production costs, but you don't get paid because I guess it's free promo. I wonder if they put if they put your fee into the production cost somehow. There's probably like a line for something. There's no way that they're not getting paid at all. If, if, to, what was the Rihanna quote? It's got to be good to leave her child. Yeah, if I'm leaving my baby, it's got to be for something good. I don't think she's doing that for zero dollars in a talent fee. I that's probably true, but you know maybe it's also like. Fenty is doing the wardrobe and then they get paid like, right. yeah. you know, like that sort of thing that you're sure. running it through your like various, like your, your LLCs. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, I think, I, ho- I think you're right. I hope we find out. Any final thoughts on Shakira and the jam? No, not really. <laughs> I love it. And I don't want to know anything more about it. You know, like I don't, yeah. I want this to be it. I don't want anything like, upsetting to come 
And, you know, I mean, this is like the end of a relationship. There are children, as previously mentioned, there's tax evasion. So, you know, it's probably not like a happy circumstance. And I especially like feel for the kids or whatever. But the jam is such a perfect detail without any context. I'd like it to stay like that. You know what I mean? All right, great. Well, let's move on to Nikki Fink in the New York Times. Jacob Mm -hmm. Bernstein, child of Carl Bernstein and Nora Ephron, wrote this profile which I thought was just sort of meta since he himself is a reporter. His father was a reporter mm-hmm. and his mother was one of the most important people in our lives. So yes. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Jacob Bernstein mostly does like celebrity and entertainment reporting himself, right? It's on the staff at the Times. When Nikki Fink passed away a few months ago, there was like a lot of sentiment about her, but not sort of like a de facto piece. And one thing I really liked about this was it, linked to all these previous things written about her, which I never had really read before. Mm-hmm. But Nikki, I just felt like we needed to touch on this because I feel like Nikki Fink, like, is there a jam session without Nikki Fink? She did so much for the gossip industry, though she was so loathed and perhaps was loathsome. Yeah, so she, for those of you who are not familiar, she worked for a number of outlets over the years, but then started Deadline, what became Deadline.com. And sort of like the early trade-focused entertainment blogging. And in she 2006. Was focused, and she was focused a lot on, you know, deals and agents and, like, the C-suite of Hollywood and how it all, how the sausage gets gets made as opposed to sort of, like, the more tabloid stuff. But it was at the same time as kind of the celebrity blogging world, your Perez's, your Laney's, et cetera. And it's part of a class of people just like logging onto the internet and posting things that didn't get posted before, like pretty fast. And I think sometimes to the world's benefit and sometimes to the world's detriment, it's sort of like a no rules. We wouldn't do it now the way we did it then necessarily, or not all of us would anyway. (laughs) Some people still do. So it's a complicated legacy, I guess, which is, and also one that made her a huge number of enemies in Hollywood. So when she died, there were some, wasn't your typical like flowery obituary. Well, even this piece is like, she was hated. Here's why it's not even like, it's not even like, here's a story of Nikki Fink that you don't know. It's just sort of like, this is why people hated her. And then she had sort of a eccentric lifestyle. Like she was kind of like a shut-in in many ways. Like, she basically didn't really participate in the culture she covered, which shouldn't be rare, but it is. Like, so much of being a gossip and celebrity reporter is, like, participating in the parties that you're reporting on and and whatnot. Right. And a big emphasis of this story from Jacob Bernstein was that she was really good at getting information over the phone. And so it sort of was like she, was a, she would have been a great scammer, but she decided to be, like, a Hollywood muckraker instead, muckraker instead of a scammer. Yeah, and... There's lots more to be read about her. And I think some people might say that her relationship with the truth ventured towards scammer from time to time. You know, not not scammer necessarily, but it was flexible and the ethics were certainly flexible. Uh, But she definitely created like a template that all of us are following now in one way or another, sometimes happily, sometimes like miserably. (laughs) But but here we are. I just thought it was interesting that she got this this treatment. Like I was sort of surprised, I guess, like she, I I don't know. 
I guess it sort of stitched together a lot of information, but it didn't didn't necessarily uncover anything new. And it is a few months removed from her death. So I was just sort of surprised to find it in the style section. I think there are a couple of things going on there, but you remember Hollywood is like a very small town, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think there are just like a lot of people still with like grudges to, to carry out or, or nice things to say about her. I don't know. It's kind of a media story. Kind of a Hollywood story. Kind of interesting. Okay. Yeah, just just felt like we should mention it. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. Should we move on? Yes. You have strong takes about the next one. I just need to to call out this art, this other article in the style section that I regret reading, which is, which is about Rachel Comey's collaboration with the New York Review of Books and like the fashion of like New York literary people. Mm-hmm. And it interviews a bunch of different people in the book world and <laughs> what they wear. And it's just like trying to recreate, I think, a early 2000s fancy literary scene that like, I just don't think we need to have. It's sort of like undemocratizing like literature. And I'm not here for it. I don't know. I don't need any kind of fetishizing of the act of reading. Like just read it if you enjoy it. And I have to say, if you are going to do this, to have Sloane Crosley in it is like just the most unimaginative person to put in it. And no shots at Sloane, who is very nice and a good writer. But I just like can't, I just can't with this. I'm like, is it 2003? Is that what we're all hoping for? Because I thought it was 2023. And I, I just don't care for it. That's all. So I didn't read this until you sent it to me, which is uh-huh. sort of where I am with it, which is like, I not I, even on your radar. 
Yeah, I'm not really reading the time style section very much, honestly, because I don't live in New York anymore and I don't really feel like I need to follow like the very niche styles like moments as they happen. So that's that's my big top response. My second response is that several of the people photographed uh, are reading a book called Septology by John Fossey. And I was like, oh, God, do I have to read this now? <laughs> and I Googled it and it's in translation. And, you know, I don't know if I'm feeling that energetic, but I'm going to I'm going to check it out. And at least, you know, it's a piece of literature that sure. they're talking about. I this was to celebrate a collaboration between Rachel Comey and the New York Review of Books. That's correct. Which I is not merch I would wear, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. My favorite thing with the New York Review of Books is when Zadie Smith writes essays about movies for it. So that's awesome. Rachel Comey clothes are really nice, and I don't think one would anything would ever fit me. So I actually I don't think that's true though. I also really like Rachel Comey clothes. Or I I did, and I have felt slightly betrayed in recent years because Rachel Comey used to make clothes that I felt were for all shapes and sizes, and now it's for women who look like models. So and and models are beautiful, and I'm happy for them. But you know the clothes sh- don't fit saving, me as well anymore. Saving money on fabric, times are tight. I guess so. <laughs> uh, like who could really say? <laughs> and you know that's just like my impression scrolling through. It's not like I can regularly drop a lot of money on Rachel Comey clothing because it's also incredibly expensive. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, I won't be buying the merch. I nor I felt like this was just, you know, people trying to make a scene. I felt like in, I was being baited. I and it worked because here I am talking yeah, about it. Yeah, you are, but you have to remember that's the point of the style I section. Know. I know. So it's and you know what? If people want to make a party around like I want to go to book parties don't you want to go to book parties no, I don't okay do you want to go to any parties yes absolutely what I love kind parties. of parties do you want to go to not book parties I've been Why to not? many book parties I don't know I just so have I but I haven't since the pandemic and I don't know like I'd like to put on like some like not going out but still fancy clothes and sure like hang out with people who also read books I'm only talking about reading with a select number of people, you being one of them. So okay. that's that's part of the problem. I, I have to be honest, Juliet. I don't know how much discussion of literature was happening at this book party. <laughs> I'm sure it was gossip about people who are involved in the making of books, which, again, I'm open to it. Sure. Okay. I accept that as well. I don't know. I think having worked in publishing for a very short time, mm-hmm. I'm just like, eh, I'm good. But okay. that was also a long time ago, so perhaps I could revisit it. Yeah. I... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I would take a cocktail and a decent outfit and some gossip for an hour, and then I'd move on with my life. You know, that's the investment I'll give it, and that's what it's giving me. Well, I would like for you to go then to text me the gossip. Okay, that's fine. But here's the thing, is that you are really are better at parties than I am. I appreciate that. I know. Yeah, because you'll talk to anyone. I do. I like talking to strangers, yeah. You thrive on an awkward situation, which I still is (laughs) one of the most amazing things about you. And everyone should get the opportunity to be Juliet's (laughs) wing woman at a party just to like watch magic happen. You know? Very nice of you. Yeah. I don't know. This just this really. I will say, counterpoint to everything I just said, not really counterpoint, but on a positive note, I went to both Books Are Magic locations on Saturday. Okay. The Strand and Community Bookstore. Okay. And all of them were packed. 
with also a lot of young people. And I just think literature has never, never been more alive. It's great. Yeah. So let everyone have their own little version of it. You don't have to wear the merch. I won't be wearing the merch either. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Next. Amanda. Yeah. You watch Breakpoint, which is the show about the, the ATP and WTA tours, the tennis show on Netflix mm-hmm. from the Box to Box Productions, which makes Drive to Survive about Formula One. Yes. And what do you think? So I came to this as a tennis fan, and I'm by no means an expert, but I watch all the Grand Slams. I somewhat follow the narratives. I get invested. I was very much looking forward to the show. And also, I do not think that this show was made for me, a person who like knows the names and faces of the people featured. So that's, it's probably not fair, but I was really disappointed or I am so far. It's really boring. It's a very boring show and it's not good. Unfortunately. I know it's really (laughs) disappointing. So I think the first episode is just like actively bad. It features Nick Kyrgios, who is like a pretty well-known Australian tennis player. Yeah, his story is not like everyone knows about him because he's so unique. Like, and he's one of like the most marketable tennis players when he chooses to play. Right. And he is another complicated figure, certainly an entertainer, certainly uh, has something of a temper and doesn't usually follow the traditional tennis rules, you know, and there's like a great tennis history from Agassi to McEnroe of, of people misbehaving with flair on court. But I felt like the portrait of him was really flattened and it kind of had access, but like you could tell that the access was so managed that like who even cared. And then it starts at the Australian open, which is the first slam of the year. It's currently happening right now. And he loses in the second round to Daniel Medvedev, who's one of the best tennis players in the world right now and was not featured in the series. So then they just try to make the whole episode about Kyrgios like competing in the doubles, which I enjoy watching doubles. No shots to doubles, but they make his doubles championship. They try to equate it with winning a singles Grand Slam. And they even have him say like, I want a grand slam and no one can ever take that away from me. And it's like, well, sure. But like, no one cares. You know, it's not, it's not part of this history that you're chasing. It's not making you the next Federer and a dollar Djokovic or like anything close. So I just kind of, as, as my husband said last night, when he's also a tennis fan, he watched it and was like, I rate. And he's like, they're lying to us. They're (laughs) lying. And I was like, all right, (laughs) calm down. But I thought that was bad. The second episode um, features Berrettini and, and Tom Lanovich, who are dating or were dating. At the time, yeah. They broke at up. the time. So he's that's very hot. Interesting. Also, he's like unbelievably hot. It's kind of like a joke how hot he is. So that's interesting. And they are releasing the second five episodes in the summer. So I'm like, are they going to cover the breakup? Maybe. Prob- but if they did, that would be interesting. But I don't know. Berrettini's got to get some better uh, endorsements. Like, I think he can do better than Hugo Boss, but just okay. whatever. Work on that, man. I found the show really boring. And I think to your point, like, it's not for you. I don't know who it is for. Because, like, right. I'm I'm the target demo. I'm, like, a very casual tennis fan. And the fact that, like, I just, I played as a kid. So I know about the sport. But, like, I really don't follow it that much anymore. But, like, I would love, I, I love an athlete celebrity. So, like, I am the target demo for this. But it just, it just didn't work. And... 
One of the reasons Drive to Survive is so much better is because of the team principals who have like these gigantic egos and just say ridiculous things. That's a big piece of it. The other thing is there's like so much more inherent uh, conflict in Formula One because the only player, the only driver you can really match yourself against is the one who's on your team. And so there's both team versus team and intra-team drama and then just so many more larger-than-life personalities that they don't need to like convince you that it's a big deal to win the Australian open doubles championship. And like the stakes are just sort of higher and clearer and the people are just more colorful to be honest. But it does like raise a question of like, can you really make sports celebrities anymore? Like the people are just so, so managed. Even Berrettini is like pretty good at talking to the, to the camera, not even him, but like, you know, he just does it in multiple languages. Like it's impressive. So, and and once again, he's incredibly so handsome. hot. Just when so, he so hot. was in, he was in the Wimbledon finals. I want to say 21. Yeah. Whenever they also with the Euro cup 21 and Chris Ryan turned on the Wimbledon finals and then just texted me our friend Chris Ryan being like, is this guy a joke? Is he for real? Like, where did they find him? And I was like, yeah, Italy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I mean, I do think some of it, tennis is a solitary sport. And so there aren't, it's really just the people and it's a grind. So most tennis players are just it's a, kind it's of a mind hardworking, game with boring. Yeah. And sort of, if you can get them to talk about the internal stuff, which they do with Tomlanovich like a little bit, that's interesting. But also I, I think they're not always as reflective. And like, why would you want to spend a lot of time talking about the, you know, your mental like yeah, gymnastics every day. There's so much pressure on you already. But the rest of the time, you're just like training and sleeping and traveling. Like it's not particularly glamorous or like exciting. You kind of have to be a workhorse. So I don't know. Maybe it doesn't lend itself to the drama. My main thing is you can make a lot more money in tennis than I realized. Like I was oh, like, yeah. wow, the purses are huge for every for many people. Yeah, for the for the Grand Slams anyway. But, you know, yeah. you were like traveling like literally every week, yeah. paying everything yourself. So I think... A coach, I, yeah. It's it's a real, like the rich get richer and the all of the lower seeds are just like barely getting by. The other thing that I think is a problem is like this series itself rightly sets out in the first episode... Um, that like a generation of tennis players who you've definitely heard of Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, Serena Williams are either retired or kind of like in the twilight of their career, which is very true. So there's this big question in tennis of like, who will be the next tennis stars? And that's like a sports question. And also to your point, like a celebrity question, like a marketing ambassador question. And like the sport def desperately needs yes. a new class of stars, but the answer within the world of a series might be like none of these people. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of tough. You know, like if the answer is uh, nobody, uh, <laughs> there, there aren't really stakes. So I don't know. Yeah. It's like, everyone's really trying to make TFO happen, but he's just not that good. He, he has his moments. And when he does, it's electric. I really like TFO and I'm really rooting for him, but it's, you know, I mean, tennis is also tough, right? Like you lose one game and then suddenly you're like the entire match is yeah. thrown and it's like, it's brutal. So you don't have the right day. You don't have the right day. 
well, the stakes don't those stakes don't make it into the show so far anyway. I'll watch all of it, whatever. Okay, report back. Can I also say, speaking of Netflix series, yes, I, I finished Emily in Paris since we last oh, recorded. Wonderful. And I like, did you see the spoiler alert? Spoiler, spoiler, major spoiler. Hit the forward button. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Okay. Did you see the pregnancy coming? Because I did I, not. I gasped. They got I, me. I did not. I was shocked. I also he was, was like, shocked. Emily, the reason I, the way that he says Emily is so funny. And, then, and the way that he like tells her that she's pregnant is just, I, I don't know. It was very dramatic. You should say I, that Camille is pregnant. Oh, he, sorry. Gabriel yes. is not informing Emily that she <laughs> herself is pregnant. I totally didn't get it. I, I, I was shocked. But yeah, I mean, Great stuff, everybody. So, like, A-plus to them, because I guess I just didn't have my thinking cap on. I was absolutely taken aback by the reveal of this well-crafted, like, an extremely silly show. Number two, and I texted this to you, but I just want to revisit it. What is with the cutout dresses for Ashley Park? She looks fantastic. She can wear all of them, but, like, at some point, it became, like... Uh, it's very confusing the commitment to it. Yeah, I guess they just like that's she's supposed to be like an exhibitionist and like loves performance. I don't know. Sure, but it's just not location appropriate. You know, no. at some point she's just wearing it to you know the to pick up bread to do <laughs> random errands. <laughs> it's, it's not a it's not an engagement party in the countryside outfit. No offense, even if you're arriving on a helicopter, which I did see coming from a mile away. Well. What I thought was going to happen and I was really worried about was, and maybe it'll still happen next season, is the Michelin star situation with Gabrielle's grandmother being the one who really garners the Michelin star and not him. And I was like, is this going to backfire on Emily somehow? And it hasn't yet. I was very surprised by that. But well, it happened in the last seven minutes of the show. Literally the Michelin (laughs) star, the surprise wedding, the calling off of the wedding the worst dance party I've ever seen. Nico <laughs> I has talents, but dancing naturally is not among them. And then the pregnancy reveal honestly do happen in seven minutes. So and this what an, is... What a great seven minutes it is. <laughs> I, mean, I stand by what we said previously. I wish there was an unlimited amount of Emily in Paris I content. Too. I do I, like, too. I would love just nothing more than to watch that. But alas, there isn't. I wish that you watched Selling Sunset. You've never seen it, right? No. There's a man named Romaine who's married to a woman named Mary. And I realized that Nico looks so much like Romaine from Selling Sunset. And you could tell me that he is Romaine from Selling Sunset. I know. I I bet Romaine from Selling Sunset would be a better actor. They act very similarly, which is to say they don't talk a lot when they do it soft and like very stiff. Okay. So yeah, I just, I didn't see the reveal coming. And honestly, I was really disappointed. I was like really excited for Emily and Gabrielle to just like go for it. Yes, Gabrielle, you also just said guy. that you want unlimited Emily in Paris and they That's can't true. just be together <laughs> and then have unlimited, you know, we have to keep the tension going. So good for them. Well, I hope there's like a million more seasons and it never ends. Okay. Great stuff. All right. Finally, Amanda's concern troll of the week. Amanda, who are you worried about today? It's important to ask questions in every walk of life. And my question today is, 
does Timothy Chalamet have money problems? Because <laughs> he is in like a like a high concept Apple commercial. I was surprised it was him. I was like, I was like, is that Timothy Chalamet? He looks different, but yes, it's him. Yeah, it's him. And it's the conceit is Timothy Chalamet watching a bunch of things that he's not in that are on Apple. And he's like, oh, I would like to be on Apple too. And at one point he's very weird. And he was like, I was in two Oscar nominated movies last year, but then Apple won best picture last year for Coda, which is true. I had to Google. I couldn't remember the second uh, best picture nominee that Timothy Chalamet was in. It was don't look up. Anyway, that was nominated for an Oscar. What a time. He's got to be in a TV show coming, right? Like, this well, can't just be random. I, I I assume so, because the other person who's been in these commercials is John Hamm. Right. And he's in something later He was in the year, morning right? show after that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yes, you're correct, but it just doesn't really seem like the vibe that Timothy Chalamet has been going for. So, I just, you know... <laughs> I would think that Dune would pay okay. Sure, you yeah. know? Dune 2 also. Also, what about his fashion endorsements? That's paying him. I think so, but like I guess not enough. I'm not I'm not really sure. Anyway, watch the space. Okay. Someone throw him <laughs> well, a big budget movie. I can't wait to find out what Apple TV Plus programming he's in. So, there's that. Yeah. I have Maybe you seen some Black show as well. I haven't watched Blackbird. I'm going to watch The Shrinking. Oh, is is it called The Shrinking or Shrinking? Or Shrinking? I don't know. Something <laughs> about therapy? I'm going to watch that. Harrison Ford's in it. That's why I know about it. As is Jason Segel, who I, I've always harbored, harbored a crush on. So your ranking in that is Jason Segel is more of an uh, inducement than Harrison Ford? Though Harrison Ford turns in one of my favorite rom-com performances of all time in Morning Glory... Yes, Jason Siegel is the draw for me. I I, I really also, just I can't endorse that. It's a strong, <laughs> it's a strong every element of that. Even though I think he's wonderful in Morning Glory, is not aligned with my beliefs, which is that I would be watching for Harrison Ford and also his performance in Working Girl, as well as you know Indiana Jones, Star Wars, and The Fugitive are essential to me. Fugitive's the Fugitive's really good. good. Have you seen The really Fugitive good. in a while? No, but I remember it, and I really liked it at all it's times. Really, I love Steel Award, too. It's a great, great plane movie. I watched it on a plane last year and was just, like, delighted. I actually signed up for Wi-Fi on the plane to make sure that Tommy Lee Jones had won an Oscar for The Fugitive because I couldn't remember. <laughs> And he did. So my $20 to movie. go uh, in flight was worth it. I kind of love Tommy Lee Jones. Like, I, th- I sort of, like, just wish... I mean, I know he's done great. He's got a lot of success. But I feel like he's, uh, in some ways, un- underappreciated. Maybe you can do a Tommy Lee Jones episode of The Big Picture. Okay. I'll pass, I'll, I'll pass that suggestion along. And then uh, <laughs> no action will be taken. Uh, but that's Okay. Great news. Well, thank you to Jade Whaley for producing this episode and bearing with us through one of our Wackery episodes in a, t- in a while. <laughs> we'll be back next week and look forward to future Timothy Chalamet news. Have a great week and good luck with the Oscar nominees tomorrow, Amanda. Thank you.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.